Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization that mobilizes the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Donations to the United Way stay 100% locally in our community and get invested in more than 40 community-based programs. These programs help students achieve academic success, families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or call 716-483-1561. Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist has issued vetoes that City Council will likely vote to overturn at their December 12th work session. We spoke with Sunquist about what his vetoes entail and more. We're just over a week since Jamestown City Council passed the budget for 2023, and on Monday, December 5th, Mayor Eddie Sunquist issued his vetoes to that budget. We have Mayor Sunquist here in studio with us today to talk a budget about the budget and more. So welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Julia. So you were unable to be at um Council's budget vote on November 28th due to a death in the family. So I, I was going to ask for your reaction to the budget that Council passed, but now I think we're getting some ideas about what your thoughts are based on the vetoes that you issued. So can you walk us through what the, the vetoes are and what your intent was based on, on those? Sure. So the, the Council budget process is supposed to be a collaborative process, and they take two months to go through all of the various budgets in our executive budget. You know, the one thing I like to remind folks is that when we prepare the executive budget way before October and we release it at the beginning of October, we found that a lot of costs have changed by the time the council passed their budget in November, uh, beginning of December. Uh, So many times the amendments are things that adjust for different cost items or things that may have been missed in the original executive budget just because things change between that time period. Uh, So most of the amendments that the council passed were completely understandable. Things that uh, may need to be adjusted, uh, may need to be fixed. Uh, Costs may have gone up and we needed to reallocate for those items. Uh, But then there were some that we weren't expecting. Uh, So unfortunately, I I actually did not see any of the council's amendments until uh, probably about an hour before they actually went and voted. Uh, And I I just don't think they got enough time to really talk about those amendments. I think that they were prepared by a couple council members and uh, you know, they, I didn't get an opportunity to talk about those items with them. Uh, and so I think that would have probably helped deal with some of these issues. Uh, but since that, uh, that time frame, we did uh, release and let the council members know which items we plan on vetoing. Uh, we did that earlier in the week and really haven't gotten a lot of feedback from council members. So unfortunately, I did have to issue a veto uh, for some line items, but not a lot. Of the 20-some amendments, uh, I think we only issued about four vetoes. Uh, Those uh, vetoes include, uh, number one, the sales tax. Uh, I was really concerned that City Council had increased the sales tax by an additional $75,000. We'd already planned for a 5% increase, uh, which is more than we normally do. We normally look at sales tax at about 2 to 3% increase each year. Uh, But we had spoken with uh, the finance uh, department at the county, and they felt comfortable saying 5% seems to be a conservative number. Uh, by increasing an additional $75,000, you're now looking at 6 almost 7% uh, uh, to last year. And given the fact that we are just going to barely reach our budget uh, this year for sales tax, I'm not super confident that that number should be that high. Uh, so we did issue a veto for that. 
We issued a couple other vetoes, uh, one being engineering supplies. Uh, there was a significant cut in engineering supplies, blueprints, uh, consultant fees, things like that. Uh, we've done a record amount of roads projects this year, and there is uh, really an unprecedented amount of federal and state funding. Uh, and to make a cut in some of those items really hampers us from completing some of the streetscape projects that we like to do. So we did issue that veto. I also issued a veto for the mayor's office. Uh, so the city council had cut the mayor's travel budget uh, to uh, a level that we hadn't seen since uh, 2010. Uh, so the original amount, we typically spend about uh, $10,000 in travel for the mayor's office. That includes not only myself as mayor, uh, but all the rest of our staff. Uh, and so they had issued a pretty significant cut, taking that from uh, just over $11,000 that we had requested in the budget this year down to $5,000, uh, which is uh, still less than last year, significantly less. So we vetoed it and asked that we just be restored back to last year's uh, funding amount. A budget line item that we've never gone over and uh, has been pretty consistent uh, throughout the years in terms of spending. So uh, we also did a veto for the fund balance, which is kind of the last one that we uh, we typically go through. Uh, and the uh, we also did one for the Jamestown Urban Renewal Agency, so our Department of Development. Uh, uh, that is, uh, there was an additional three thousand dollar cut for the uh, for development office. Uh, which I didn't quite understand because we do have a shared concern over housing, uh, demolitions, and uh, other issues with neighborhoods across the city. Uh, and so each year we've continued to see a cut uh, from that budget from City Council, uh, but City Council has asked that department to work harder than ever. So uh, any type of cut towards our development office is really a, a struggle. Uh, and then overall, like I said, we had mentioned the fund balance uh, because ultimately at the end of the day, it's an adjustment to the fund balance uh, with these. Uh, not talking about a lot of uh, budget amendments, we're looking at uh, just adding into the budget about 15 grand overall. Uh, and then we still have to deal with some of the sales tax. When you add in the sales tax, it's about 90, uh, 90 grand, $90,000 overall. That would increase the fund balance. Um, but I will say that as we went through this process and uh, we noticed that the city council removed a former bond payment that we had budgeted for, uh, but did not uh, remove the additional interest payment associated with it. Uh, so in the upside of things, we found an additional $52,000 uh, that can uh, help reduce the fund balance amount. Uh, so I had made some additional recommendations in my budget memo, which was a simple budget amendment. Uh, that allows us to come to a compromise on the sales tax amount, uh, restore some of those funding items, and uh, bring that fund balance back to exactly what the city council passed the other night. Mm -hmm. Going back to uh, Jura, which uh, I mean, it was it was kind of a three thousand dollar cut, and it was it, there wasn't a kind of a sense either from uh, council and it was reading through your veto message. Was there a particular area that it cut, or is just a, a general three thousand dollar cut to the to the contract? Um, we received no rationale uh, from the city council on this. Uh, most of the uh, budget items uh, that were accepted, we had some pretty solid rationale for, but uh, this one had no rationale in it. So, um, you know, given the amount of work that uh, the development office has uh, done this year. Uh, I think that you know they were asking for uh, I think just a small increase in their uh, in their budget, and so we're not quite sure why the three thousand dollars was cut. 
but we wanted to make sure that that we uh, we recognize that there is a shared vision between my administration and the council uh, to continue to work towards housing issues and any cut in that line is uh, is a serious issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I noted is uh, at least when it came to the the travel line that uh, council member at large, Jeff Russell, he was the only person who voted no against the amendment to cut that uh, when they were doing the budget votes on November 28th. And he was the one who had seemed to have the questions about it and he seemed satisfied with the responses. So about what was happening there? Yeah, there was some questions last night. So we issued the veto messages and I and I put it out to council as I continued continually have, which is let's open up the discussion. Um, I, I see the budget process as a collaborative process once the council receives our executive budget uh, and always ask for their feedback, right? Because at the end of the day, if I don't have to veto this, it's a lot easier for us just to come to an agreement. And unfortunately, we've not been able to do so. Uh, but the uh, travel in particular is is pretty simple. Uh, in the first uh, several years of our term, uh, we had no travel <laughs> or very little uh, because we had COVID, right? We had a lot of uh, non-in-person meetings. And this was the first year we started to uh, bring those in-person meetings back and uh, started to be able to represent the city in uh, in various capacities. And to be honest, it's really allowed us to not only get increased grant funding, but allowed us to have a national presence uh, for the city of Jamestown. Uh, And we're starting to see it. And and so it's really important that we're able to continue to do that, not only uh, our staff, but uh, me as mayor. My role as mayor is not only to run the city, but to be the biggest ambassador for the city, right? That's how we bring in new business. That's how we bring in new people uh, to the area. And uh, it seems to be working. We are seeing a lot of positives uh, going on in the city. Mm-hmm. And then procedurally now, so council has until Thursday, December 15th to decide if they want to override any of the vetoes you have issued. And it sounds like from the discussion last night, there was some discussion about what day or what time, but it sounds like they're going to address this before their work session on Monday, December uh, 12th. It sounds like it. That seemed to be the discussion that they were having last night. Uh, as I said to all of City Council, give me a call. Let me know what your thoughts are. We're hoping that we can kind of resolve this without having uh, to do too much of a heavy lift uh, or to see some vetoes overridden and some not. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're looking at such a small amount when you're when you're talking about 15 grand over a 38 million dollar budget. Uh, it's you know I, I don't want to say it's peanuts, but it's a very small amount compared to everything else in the budget. So we're hoping to just be able to work it out. Uh, but if we can't, the city council has a process to go through uh, to override those vetoes. Um, and that's the joys of democracy. Uh, one thing that uh, came up is that uh, her just is one of those word on the streets, as we know how Jamestown is. Um, there was a had heard information that city controller John Selstrom uh, may be leaving city government. Are you able to confirm if Mr. Selstrom's given notice? Uh, yes, John Selstrom uh, has, uh, uh, we did receive and accept a resignation letter uh, for him. Uh, John is, was instrumental in helping us get this budget uh, finalized. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we lost uh, Ryan Thompson uh, to another position outside of the city. Uh, and we uh, were able to find John. Uh, he helped us usher us through the budget process and uh, get us through the year. Uh, and uh, John will be uh, will be moving on uh, to, to another role, 
uh, towards the end of the year. But he is staying with us towards the end of the year, and we will be start advertising uh, and opening the position for comptroller uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. But at least knowing based on last night's meeting that the department is still staffed. I mean, there is a new deputy comptroller that has been hired. Yes, the department is fully staffed. There's been uh, no changes in in that. Uh, We've also hired a deputy comptroller as authorized by the city council several months ago. Uh, So we've been uh, very lucky to have uh, Catherine Maycock, who's been our deputy comptroller joining us. Uh, In particular, she was hired on to help us with uh, ARPA projects, rescue plan projects and others. Uh, but it's been really beneficial to have that additional assistance. Um, we also have some of the former comptrollers coming in to uh, provide some technical assistance as needed uh, to uh, to those folks. So we will have some uh, continuity as we move forward. Uh, but we do have to start that process uh, to to do a search. And uh, unfortunately, the the market for hiring folks has changed as I've talked to mayors all across in both New York and uh, nationwide everyone is struggling to find and fill positions in city government. Uh, the city government, unfortunately, just can't move quick enough to provide the same benefits that private sector is providing. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with finance matter, maybe something a little bit more positive nature. Uh, we, we're now about into the year point for when the city and Jamestown Community College signed an agreement to hire a shared grant writer. There was an update given to city council last night. So how, how has this addition helped both the city and JCC? You know, we are so excited to be able to have a grant writer. It was something we didn't know what was going to happen when we, when we went into this. And uh, we had a great partnership with Jamestown Community College. Uh, and we were able to find an individual, um, Paula Pichon, who is absolutely phenomenal and comes with some incredible contacts, both on the federal and the state level. Uh, having worked for uh, a tribal entity in the past, uh, doing grant writing. And we've been uh, very successful overall uh, as a city and as a unit with Jamestown Community College. Uh, within the first year, uh, we Paula for the city alone has uh, brought in just under $4 million dollars. Uh, and a significant portion as well for Jamestown Community College, I think even more. Now, the problem with city grants, the municipal grants, is that uh, we may apply for them and it may take up to a year before they even get awarded. Uh, So we have a a ton of grants that are still pending uh, award. Uh, But we are, uh, we're very hopeful and we've made some incredible contacts. Um, As part of our agreement with JCC, we meet with them every year to not only review the grant writer, but to review our partnership. Uh, And both parties have been incredibly pleased uh, with uh, the ability to uh, work together uh, to have not only a grant writer, but more importantly, we've been finding ways that we can partner on grants together, uh, which is wonderful. We now have uh, an instant-made partner (laughs) uh, and uh, co-collaborator in a lot of our grants, which has been a, a wonderful thing to have. Mm-hmm. And for to remind listeners, how long was that contract between the city and the college for for this position? I believe it's a three-year contract. Uh, I'll have to uh, to double check that, but pretty sure we uh, we did a three-year contract required that we review each year how the how the position is going. All right, so I guess we'll we'll keep on following up. I know that we we do hear regularly, at least quarterly, about how the grants are are going with that position. So absolutely, yeah, we've we've asked that they um, uh, that our grant writer provide some updates to city council so that they can show the progress. Right, it's really important uh, to show how the city is utilizing um, state and federal dollars to help reduce our tax burden here in Jamestown. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a lot has been happening uh, since the last time we were able to meet, and unfortunately, one of those things was a, a, a large uh, industrial fire that happened on Allen Street uh, the week before Thanksgiving at the former Crawford Furniture Building site. Uh, Director of Development Crystal Serta did give some updates to Council on what was going on with that situation. Uh, from from your point of view, uh, is the city looking at taking legal action, or what are what are the next steps for the city in regards to that property? Yeah, this was a tremendous fire that uh, we experienced, and I don't know if just all of the fires are happening in my watch, I think, at this point. Um, this is kind of our second largest uh, furniture fire that we are uh, we are seeing. It was probably the largest compared to Jamestown Royal, which we experienced not too long ago. Uh, but certainly we we brought in we brought in the cavalry, so to speak in this in this instance. Um, we were able to bring in uh, different agencies from all over, uh, not only fire agencies, but uh, we had county assistance. Uh, we had state assistance from all different levels of government. Uh, not only from state fire, but from the uh, Department of Environmental Conservation uh, and others as helping us to respond, um, also to monitor air quality, water quality, and soil quality after that fire, uh, as well as the um, Federal Environmental Protection Agency, um, all of which uh, have eyed this property for quite some time. I think over a year ago, uh, we visited the property to um, uh, force the owner to remediate uh, almost 300 barrels of uh, various chemicals uh, on that property. Luckily, most of them were removed, but it was still being used as a storage facility for airplane parts and, and others. So there was a huge concern when that building went up in flames. Now, we are pursuing every legal remedy that we can against the owner of this building. Uh, because it is uh, not only a travesty to see that burn, but uh, that that building was you know basically used as a dumping site uh, here in the city. And we want to show every single landlord that feels that they can take those buildings and just dump their things here that we're not taking it. We're not going to accept that. Uh, and this is uh, this is a, an administration that cares about every single property here in the community. Uh, and we want to send that message. Uh, so we will be pursuing every legal remedy we can, uh, both on the state level. Um, we're also in, in talks uh, with our federal partners uh, on some uh, federal lawsuits uh, over this property. Mm -hmm. Knowing that sometimes that, you know, recouping any costs from someone uh, involved in a situation like this can be difficult. Has there been any way that the city could uh, get any funds from either the state or federal level to help with the cleanup that will need to be done at the site? We're still working on that process. Uh, to receive any type of state or federal funding, we have to make specific asks to various agencies. Uh, and we've already started that process. So uh, shortly after the fire, uh, we started reaching out to both state and federal partners. Uh, and started to ask for uh, that uh, assistance in cleaning up the site. Um, we've received uh, some of it. We have some federal partners that have helped secure the site for us uh, so far, uh, but we are working through that um, the funding process. Uh, both the state and the federal government operate on different uh, funding timelines. Uh, so we are we've made the request and we're waiting to hear back. Mm -hmm. uh, moving along, uh, how are efforts to establish a new emergency homeless shelter in the city going right now? Yeah, so uh, as your listeners may recall, we've been working diligently to try to uh, find a place for individuals to go 
when we have what's called the code blue uh, scenario. That's when the weather, or I should say the temperature, is below 32 degrees on any given night. Uh, we experienced a couple weeks back, uh, the for the first time, there was no place in Chautauqua County that was taking an individual under the code blue uh, advisory. So we were uh, forced to open up one of our shelters before we had the, the requisite funding. Uh, and so that shelter has been running and they've been running on a volunteer basis. That is the Joy Fellowship Church uh, that can hold about seven to 10 beds. Uh, so individuals are using that, that overnight sheltering facility. They are actively looking for additional volunteers. In the meantime, we're finalizing our funding with both New York State and the federal government. Uh, we have been working with the county to try to square all that away, uh, and we're just waiting for final approval. Um, we're also working with the second shelter, which is meant to be a bit of a larger shelter, uh, to try to square all of that away. There's Because it's a larger shelter, there's more involved in uh, getting the space and confirming uh, the location and uh, employees. So that's going to require the actual state funding uh, to get that moving. And I think you said the second site was uh, the Mental Health Association. So it, it would be the shelter right at their location in the Gateway Center? That's correct. That is the, the current thought process. Okay. Um, in terms of, you mentioned that the, the first site, uh, Joy Fellowship, is, is being volunteered right now. Is there a way that people, if they want to help out, who can they contact about maybe volunteering down there or with any needs they may have? So I'd, re I'd encourage folks to reach out directly to Joy Fellowship Church or to um, our homelessness uh, uh, point of contact, which is uh, COI. Uh, so you can reach out directly or you can reach out directly to the county as well. Uh, they have a, a division that just works with homelessness. Okay. Uh, it was announced in recent days that you've been elected to the National League of Cities Board of Directors. So can you tell us what, what, what does this mean? Absolutely. I, you know, I'm very excited about this. The city is a member of an organization called the National League of Cities. Uh, believe it or not, we were uh, a member up until the 80s. Uh, we went defunct for quite a period of time. Uh, and then uh, back in uh, around the COVID period, 2020, 2021, we reestablished membership with the National League of Cities. Um, I got a chance to, at a, a, a New York conference, uh, meet the executive director of the National League of Cities. Uh, and uh, we, had saw, we had started to see more and more federal funding uh, that could potentially come down the pipeline and could be direct to the city of Jamestown. So working with the National League of Cities, we've had a really incredible relationship uh, to uh, not only receive grant funding directly from that organization, but uh, to have the opportunity to participate in uh, things that really change the look and feel of the city of Jamestown. Uh, to give you an example, uh, we won a grant to uh, create what's called the Source Finder document. So it is a one-stop shop for individuals that are starting a business or want to expand their business in the city of Jamestown. Um, that is a, a kind of a, a guide that says, hey, what are you looking for? Are you looking for additional funding? Are you looking to uh, get uh, business plan support? And it shows all the opportunities, all of the uh, options and places here in the city that can help you with that. So we're really excited to be able to partner with the National League of Cities and receive grant funding to create that. Um, we're now working with them on a really, um, really interesting project. It's called the Capstone Project. Um, we're working with a technology company uh, that uses um, our property data 
and our photos of, of houses, and it uses AI to help map neighborhoods and the health of neighborhoods. So uh, your listeners may, may know or remember that the Jamestown Renaissance Corporation uh, several years ago used a consultant to help us map every neighborhood and whether it was growing, uh, declining, or its general health. Using those same metrics and using AI to help us identify the photographs that we've recently taken of most properties in the city, um, we're now using that uh, and working on a program to help map neighborhoods, to help us determine which houses do we need to demolish, which houses can we help repair or rehabilitate, uh, and which ones can we use our community partners to help nudge folks to make repairs. Uh, so we're really excited about this, um, and this is just some of the programs. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, we've been engaging with the National League of Cities, and we have been working with them in various uh, areas. And I uh, had the opportunity to run for their uh, their board of directors their, on their national program, uh, and uh, was very was very honored to be chosen by their nominating committee, uh, which is made up of mayors all across the country. Uh, and we are the first New York representative in uh, probably four or five decades. Uh, to be on the board. So we're very excited to be able to represent the city. And more importantly, I'm, we're able to bring the city of Jamestown to a national level. And being on the board of directors, what are some of the things that you will have to do uh, that you know, in that role? So we'll work closely with the uh, current president, uh, Victoria Woodards, uh, who is a, a good friend of mine and uh, runs the city of Tacoma. She is the mayor of Tacoma, Washington. And <clears throat> Uh, we're really excited to be able to work with her uh, to help lobby directly uh, the both federal government and state governments uh, for additional funding. Right now, cities are receiving more funding than ever before and more opportunities than ever before. So it's important that we have a voice at the table uh, and that we're able to work directly with our representatives. So part of it is actual direct lobbying. Uh, the other part is advocacy. Right, being able to uh, make sure that we are taking ideas from other cities all across the nation uh, and bringing them to Jamestown, but more importantly, taking some of the great work we've done in Jamestown and spreading that message to other cities uh, across the U.S. Uh, so they have been real. It's been really unique. I know I was um, at a conference not too long ago, and I started talking about the city's uh, senior housing program using federal funding. Uh, and very few cities have actually tried that, and they were very interested in it. So I had mayors uh, all across the nation asking how we rolled that program out and how they too can replicate it in their communities. Uh, so it's really great to see when parts of Jamestown are starting to pop up in every other place across America. Mm -hmm. Before I move on to uh, last thoughts, is there anything else that you would like to update us on or share that is happening with the city? Oh, we were just really excited to be able to host the uh, holiday parade uh, that occurred not too long ago. Um, we had over 100 floats uh, that uh, really uh, filled uh, the, uh, the street. Um, we were very excited to be able to see the community come out, see businesses come out, and uh, be able to have kids just enjoy the holiday season, and more importantly, parents, right? Because it's been a long couple years, uh, and to be able to go out and enjoy those things we are trying as a city and I'm trying as an administration to make sure that we have as many uh, family-friendly opportunities as possible uh, for our folks here in the city of Jamestown, as well as just a lot of things going on. <laughs> I looked at my calendar the, uh, the day of the parade and I, I had probably like six or seven uh, events happening all in the same day. 
um, which tells me things are booming in the city, and we're very excited about that. As you said, it, it, it is the Christmas season, the holiday season right now. Do you have any thoughts that you would like to share about the season? Since the next time I think you and I talk like this, it'll be January. Yeah, you know, uh, happy holidays to everyone. Um, no matter what you celebrate or what you believe, we're just we're excited that you're able to spend time with uh, those that you love, whether those are friends, family, uh, or or other loved ones uh, around you. You know, I think that we have seen uh, so much loss uh, this uh, this year and the past couple years. It's important that we recognize those that are that are still with us that are able to uh, bring us joy uh, during the holiday season. Uh, and I just I just wish everyone, in, uh, including you, Julia, and all of your listeners, um, a wonderful and happy holiday season. All right. Well, happy holidays to you too, Mayor Sunquist. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.